And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. How's it going, everybody? Hello, and welcome to the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andy McCullough, and joining me to preview the National League wildcard game today is our St. Louis Cardinals beat writer, Katie Moore, and our Los Angeles Dodgers beat writer, Fabian Ardaya. Uh, they are here because those two teams will play in the wildcard game tomorrow night uh, in Los Angeles. It's a 106-win Dodger team against a 90-win Cardinal team, which is basically how the wild card was designed to adjudicate 16-game deficits by flipping a coin. Am I right? Yeah, clearly. I'm sure every Dodgers fan agrees with you, Andy. <laughs> Cardinals fans will take it. I know that. Yeah, Katie, I'm curious. Like, what? How are, how are the people of St. Louis – feeling right now about this club because like obviously right the summer didn't go particularly well but the team finished as hot as anyone 17 game winning streak in September like what is the level of confidence in where the Cardinals are right now you know I think it's kind of a mixed bag I think that this fan base has has been through the emotional ringer with this season there's been a lot of highs a lot of lows a lot of expectations that weren't met in the summer that the Cardinals decided to jam pack into 17 games of action um, of course, they are, are really positive on their current play. They've been really encouraged by Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader's breakout offensive campaigns in September. But then they look and, and they see, okay, so the Cardinals need to play well against Max Scherzer and the 106-win Dodgers. Uh, that, that's not a matchup that any team is, is confident about. At the same time, Cardinals are going to throw out Adam Wainwright, who has been by far their most dependable, not just player, but, or not just pitcher, but player all season long. And uh, if there's one thing that, that's especially notable about Wainwright and Scherzer, it's that they're two of the fiercest competitors, not just of their generation, but of generations in baseball. So to see those two head-to-head, I think Cardinals fans are, are pretty 50-50 on what could happen here. What were you guys doing in 2006? Um, uh, I was nine years old. That would mean I was maybe 10. Yeah, right, that sounds well, right. <laughs> I brought myself down. Uh, wh- Katie, just just... You know, like obviously, you mentioned the two younger guys who broke out. I mean, you look at the Cardinals lineup. It seems like Paul Goldschmidt has been Paul Goldschmidt. Nolan Arenado has been Nolan Arenado. Is you know, from an offensive perspective, has that really been the difference? Is like Bader and O'Neill? I think so. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt has had a really stellar second half. He's been consistent. He's been sturdy. He's been Paul Goldschmidt. Nolan Arenado, his numbers by no means are are low in his standards. He thinks they are, but you know. He's had 30, over 30 home runs and over 100 RBI, and he's still not satisfied. So that says a lot about where those two are at. And I think a lot of this Cardinals offense cooking has had to has stemmed from Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader. These are guys that are defensively known. They, they're defensive profile players. Tw- uh, Tyler O'Neill was a 2020 Gold Glover. Harrison Bader could be a favorite for a 2021 Gold Glove Award in center field this year. But they both came into 2021 knowing that they had work to do offensively, and they both did just that. I mean, these are guys that had their first half of the season kind of marred by injuries. Harrison 
missed the majority of the first half with two separate injuries, but came back with a vengeance. And he's spoken to me multiple times about what he's done to improve at the plate. And that is really just fine-tuning his results against breaking balls, especially right-handed. You know, he's told me so many times, anyone can hit a right-handed fastball. Anyone can square that up. But to be a successful hitter, you have to be able to do damage against the breaking balls. And he's been able to do that with the same thing that Tyler O'Neill has prioritized, and that's pitch selection and chase rate. They've been really picky about the pitches that they're swinging at. They've cut down their chase rates. And the results are a lot more power, a lot more consistency, and two much more well-rounded players that have paid dividends in their September surge. Yeah, I mean, I've always hit right-handed fastballs. I think Fobbs has as well. I mean, it's pretty Yeah, pretty me too. Easy. Yeah. It's well, I had the platoon split. I hit lefty, so. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Um, so, Fabian, 106 wins is not worth what it used to be. Am I right? Clearly not. I guess going like 44 and 13 after the trade deadline just doesn't cut it these days. How did the Dodgers feel about their inability to gain ground on the Giants? Because it was sort of like remarkable to watch from afar. Trey Turner said like last week, he basically just goes into every game assuming the Giants are going to win. So they just kind of have to keep up rather than like that they're chasing them. Like they feel like they have to keep up with what the Giants are doing, let alone be chasing them, which is a really tough position to be in. Uh, and it's not a position the Dodgers have been in all that often. I know in 2018, down the stretch, they sort of had to fight to get back into that division race, but they were very clearly the more talented uh, team in that race. I think the Giants, like, obviously, they're not, they don't have the stars the Dodgers do, but, like, they've been playing this level of baseball all season long, and they've pretty much gotten better uh, since the trade deadline, even though the Dodgers have as well. It's, it's really uh, remarkable, and it's been weird race to follow but like in a very fun way because both these teams are just winning every night how does uh how does the pitching shape up with scherzer going in obviously he is max scherzer however he is not wasn't particularly great in his last two outings does that have any bearing on what to expect on on wednesday night um they, they tried to like throw away the course field outing that is being course field it couldn't really find his command uh the last outing against the padres i mean his his command just wasn't there again i i think the stuff has still been playing up, but the velocity is still there. Uh, I guess it's just sort of like maybe something mechanical, something they'll be able to figure out. And I think if there's anything uh, that we know, it's that the Dodgers have a lot of confidence in how well Max Scherzer can prepare. Uh, so they sort of have lined this up basically for like two weeks now, saying like, all right, if there's a game 163, if there's a wild card game, we want Max Scherzer starting that game. And they're pretty much going to have to rely on him because, I mean, if they're going to call on Julio Rias out of the bullpen, that'd be on three days rest. Uh, I don't think they're going to necessarily call on Walker Buehler for multiple innings, considering he just pitched on Sunday. Uh, Clayton Kershaw getting hurt probably hurts their plans for today, especially even though the Cardinals are very right-handed. I mean, they just don't really have a lot of length options behind Scherzer at this point, besides like Tony Gonsolin, who's struggled with command all season long. When you say Kershaw being hurt hurts their plans for today, does that mean not having Urias in the bullpen, or were they planning on using Clayton in relief again? No, no, not having Urias in the bullpen. Uh, that's something like we're right. going into this right. week. They sort of were still willing to be flexible just because Julio's done this before. He yeah, did, he should be closing, he, but he also is like their number three starter, so it's kind of yeah. He's the only twenty spot. game winner in baseball this year, which is <laughs> crazy to think about. Well, and and did so Bueller has been. In recent years, you know, along with probably Steven Strasburg is like the best big game pitcher in the sport. What got into him in September that sort of made it obvious to go with Scherzer here? Well, I think so much of what Bueller has done this year, like the strikeout numbers aren't are worse than they've been in recent years, but his overall numbers are a lot better, which it doesn't compute usually, but like 
it works out because it seems like mechanically they were able to lock in on something that works. And it's worked the last couple times out. Katie, do you have a sense uh, of how much rope Mike Schilt will give Adam Wainwright if he gets in trouble? I think uh, Adam Wainwright will have nearly a full full control over his leash. I mean, this is the guy, again, that the Cardinals have relied on all season long. Every five days when they were stopping losing, they, they looked to Wainwright when they were stopping losing streaks. This is a guy who's second in baseball in innings pitched, and he's earned the opportunity. I mean, he's 40 years old and completely commanded a rotation that was has been without their, their true ace on paper in Jack Flaherty almost all year long and has kind of redefined himself when he was his 2013, 2014 version. I mean, if you talk to Adam, he said this is the best he's felt and the most fun he's had pitching in his entire career, because as the game kind of emphasizes high velocity and, and spin rate and all of that, he's doing old school and he's getting guys out with sequencing and, and pitch mix. And he's been really successful in doing so. He's built up. He has the durability. He has the competitiveness. You know, I think Mike Schultz will ride Adam Wainwright as long as he possibly can. But what is interesting about this Cardinals bullpen is they do have Jack Flaherty available in relief. They do have Dakota Hudson, who was one of their best starters in 2019, just returned from Tommy John surgery nearly a year after undergoing it, just in time. They have those two arms in relief if they need it. And they also have a bunch of guys like TJ McFarland and Luis Garcia, who have been two of the quietly most effective relievers in baseball and Giovanni Gallegos has thrived as the closer since they made the switch from Alex Reyes a couple of months ago. So I do think the Cardinals plan is to ride Adam Wainwright as long as possible. They're hoping for a bare minimum of six innings, but Adam will tell you himself he's planning on going nine. If the Cardinals can get six and turn it over to Jack Flaherty from Adam Wainwright, I feel like they're in a very good spot pitching wise. Are we allowed to gamble on sports? Can I take the under on six innings? I mean, I'm not. I'm not making fun of your answer. I just like that. That's insane. Like getting 18 outs in an elimination game against the Dodgers is a, is a huge ask. Uh, I mean, do you, do you feel like Katie that that they have game planned out like with Flaherty and Hudson the sort of disaster scenarios? I think so, 100. Um, and not that I, I think they've even kind of thought that Wainwright will go out there and have a disastrous outing. I mean, I don't think that's crossed Adam's mind once. Um, but they are prepared. They have guys ready if they need to in case Wainwright can only go three to four. But I really do think, in the best case scenario, they're looking at six innings from Adam Wainwright and looking to turn it over to Jack Flaherty from there. Um, and I'm not sure if Jack is able to go more than one inning. We've only seen him three times since the second IL stint. All three times have been one inning appearances he could potentially go to but the cardinals are stuck in this paradigm of, of trying to balance how much can they get from jack and dakota without hurting them next year so when you're in a winner take all scenario when you're in the playoffs it's really hard to carry guys with limitations but they still think that those two arms are the best moving forward that's fair enough looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service anytime sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com credit card Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing 
ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. Um, Fobs, are we going to see Muncie tomorrow? I don't think so. Uh, I would be surprised at, at this point. Like, just it seems like it's unlikely to even be back for the division series. I wouldn't be surprised just because, like, how bad that injury looked initially. Like, especially with it being, I, I know it's his non-throwing elbow and it's not his lead arm when he's swinging. Like, maybe it's a situation where, like, if they can DH him or like pinch hit him. At some point, maybe in the CS or the potentially for the World Series, but like it's it's tough to expect, which is weird because like the Dodgers have had first base lockdown all season long, and now they don't really have a lot of options. I mean, Matt Beatty's started four games since the All Star break; like he's been exclusively pretty much a pinch hitter, and then Albert Pujols has pretty much been exclusively a pinch hitter and has been really really good against lefties, but also has like a 500 OPS against righties this year. And then the other option is Cody Bellinger, who has been Cody Bellinger this year, which is a story in and of itself. Yeah, what, uh, it, it is funny that you said they don't have many options, and it's um, uh, the best hitter of his generation and the 2019 MVP. Uh, however, you are right. Like, right, you know, uh, Pujols is a guy who is they've got results out of because they've used him, you know, situationally against lefties. What is up with Bellinger? I mean, obviously, he's coming off surgery in the offseason, but like, he looks like center field Chris Davis. Like, what is what is going on there? Well, if he starts at first base in the wildcard game, then he actually is Chris Davis. But, uh, uh, I mean, they, they sort of attributed a lot to it, like to that shoulder surgery and sort of coming back from that and how he wasn't able to like lift properly. His strength's gone. Range of motion was gone. He feels like he's closer to that, like where he wants to be with that shoulder right now. Uh, but then his swing was off because he was trying to compensate. And now they've tried to make all kinds of adjustments to his swing. His stance looks completely different now than it did for most of the season. And he's, they feel like it's going to help him get to high velocity more, even though he won't be able to impact it as much. And that was sort of like the biggest thing this year, whereas like anything 95 and above, he just wasn't able to catch up to. Uh, the results haven't been great since he's come back. I mean, since he's sort of switched the uh, stance, uh, it's been better, but not necessarily that much better. He had the big home run in that comeback against the Padres last week, but hasn't really impacted the ball that much since. And now all of a sudden he's playing through fractured ribs because because uh, he had a collision in the outfield and he just has had a fractured leg, fractured ribs, coming off shoulder surgery, had a hamstring issue earlier this year. Like it's been everything you want, I mean, you don't want sort of lumped into one season. Yeah, as Joe Girardi once said, it's not what you want. Um, what I mean, the thing with Bellinger at first, right, is like his number one skill right now is playing the outfield, yes. playing center field. So it seems, but. I mean, do you so who who starts at first tomorrow? Do you think they go with Beatty and and you know keep Pujols holstered, or what? What do you think they end up doing? Yeah, it's interesting because I know like they did start Pujols against Adam Wainwright in St. Louis. I think part of it was because they wanted to get him an extra start in St. Louis in front of the crowd. 
But uh, you're right that like the main reason for having Cody Bellinger on your playoff roster right now is so he's a defensive replacement late in games. AJ Pollock's still coming off a hamstring issue. They want to be careful with him, and they can maybe like slide Chris Taylor from center to left late in games. You can sort of still do that if you start Bellinger at first and like maybe put Bell uh, Pujols in the game late, but you probably don't want that. Uh, so I think probably to start the game they probably start Beatty, which would be like his fifth start since it. <laughs> Since the trade deadline, which is crazy to think about, then have Pujols ready for whenever they bring in a tough lefty and then sort of go from there. Yeah, it seems like they've got it all figured out. Uh, Katie, do, do the Cardinals have any sort of pressing lineup questions that, that you're going to be grinding on today that you're curious about, or are they kind of plug and play for tomorrow? You know, they've, they've kind of balanced that Mundo Sosa, Paul DeYoung, shortstop conundrum over the second half. Um, Paul DeYoung, of course, came in as a starting shortstop in the beginning of the year, uh, was an all-star in 2019, but had a really down year offensively. I mean, Paul DeYoung has always been a guy that hits for power, not average. However, his average has been below 200 for the majority of the year. And Mundo Sosa was kind of a utility player. They kept on the roster to see where he could fit in, was kind of, you know, supposed to be a reserve and absolutely took off offensively. Um, I think Paul DeYoung is the more sound defender. Edmundo Sosa is a fine defender as well, but still kind of has has a hard time figuring out when to throw the ball and when to eat it on those close plays, where Paul DeYoung, I think, brings a little bit more stability there. But it's really hard to kind of justify putting a sub-200 hitter that can hit for power and has had much better swings in the month of September, has looked a lot better, played crucial parts in that 17-game winning streak, with someone who has established himself as a dynamic kind of hitter, can get on base in all sorts of ways. He's not power-heavy or home run reliant. Um, the problem is Mundo Sosa was hit by a pitch a couple weeks ago in Chicago, missed about the last four or five games, but did start on Sunday, which I thought was a good sign and kind of a sign that, that pointed out that Sosa would likely start in the wild card game. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't by any means. I don't think that there's one that you can value over the other. I think both bring in different elements of the game at the shortstop position. Um, and we'll probably get a little bit more chance to see who's getting more reps at shortstop today during the workout. But my best bet is that the Cardinals will start Sosa tomorrow and leave Paul DeYoung as a right-handed heavy, a right-handed, you know, heavy hitting bench bat if they'll need it late in the game. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, this has been fun. Uh, thank you both for coming on. We'll, uh, we'll, I won't ask you to make picks because whatever you need to maintain your ethics and just not get yelled at by fans for whichever side base, fan base you pick against. Uh, but starting with Katie, I mean, like, what, what is it going to take for? the Cardinals to win tomorrow besides scoring more points than the opposition. Yeah, you gotta, gotta score more points. Um, this is also a, a cliche answer in itself, but it's something that the Cardinals have really relied on. They need to play a complete product. They are the best defensive game, or defensive team on paper in the game. They led the majors in defensive runs saved last or this year, I believe, with 83. Their defense speaks for itself. I mean, when you have Yadier Molina behind the plate, you have Goldschmidt Arenado on the corners, and Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Dylan Carlson, a young but promising outfielder, they're not going to give you a lot of base hits. They're not going to give you a lot of runs. They're not going to give you an extra 90 feet. All those things that are so pivotal, especially in a wild card game. The Cardinals base running is one of the smartest and most aggressive base running teams in the league. But they'll need their offense. They'll need their starting pitching. And they'll need their relief. Uh, we see a lot of games won by defense and base running. Against a Dodgers lineup that's as potent as this Los Angeles one is, that's not going to be enough. They're going to have to pitch well. And they're going to have to hit. Because no matter who you start out there, the Dodgers are going to score on you, so you have to hit. And, Fobbs, besides um, giving the baseball to Max Scherzer and putting together a lineup that has Mookie Betts and Corey Seager and Trey Turner, what do the Dodgers need to do tomorrow? Well, I would say like they need to really just jump on 
uh, Adam Wainwright, but they also played 700 baseball for two months while being a mediocre offense. So until like this last week when they started hitting. Uh, so I, I mean, I think the offense has been a bit like has played a lot better this last week or so. I think you're starting to see Corey Seager and Trey Turner both really catching fire at the same time and having them hit back to back in the order is really <laughs> tough for any pitcher to go through. Uh, but at the end of the day, I like, mean, they, they need Max Scherzer to be Max Scherzer. You don't trade for Max Scherzer unless you sort of hand him the ball in the sort of situation and expect him to sort of look like the guy he has been. So I think that's the biggest thing for the Dodgers. Like they'll be able to scratch across enough runs if they need to. Um, and if, if they sort of blow through Wayne right early on, then obviously it's a lot easier. But they, at the end of the day, they do need Max Scherzer to be Max Scherzer. Indeed. And thank you uh, both for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in next Wednesday for more postseason baseball coverage. We're going to expand and start talking about the DSs and things like that as the, uh, the postseason goes along. It's going to be fun. You can download the Athletic Baseball Show episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good one.